Uh, well, uh, here we go, because Mike's falling asleep. we got to get going. And we're at episode 171. I forgot to hit record. We were halfway through the podcast. Almost. Not really. But we have Afro 18. We have Star Wars Adventures 8. Star Wars 46. We have lots of rumors. And we're going to go ahead and get going, because it's time to fly casual. Let's get ready to wrinkle! What just happened? Well, we recorded a whole podcast, (laughs) and I look over... And the report, that was record, a good 10, 15 minutes, you know. Yeah, the record button <laughs> was not pressed. We had solid gold material. I, it was I, the it best was material probably, we've ever done. Yeah, it was probably the best podcast we didn't record. Um, that would have won us a lot of awards. Yeah, yeah. And, and Corey would have been jealous he uh, wasn't a part of it because... <laughs> Um, He's at, never really a part of the podcast no. anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> he, he never says anything. He just sits there and just <laughs> stares daggers and sulks and just every well, You once want in us while. to call on you, Corey? You want us to call on you so you can talk? Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah. And so no, I Corey's think he's still puking his guts out. I, you know, so. and yeah, I think he's, he's, I think it's all fake. I think he's a week worth of puking and I think it's all fake. Yeah. Either no. that or malaria. Malaria. I think even he's getting tired of ragging on the last Jedi. <laughs> he's like, guys, that's surprising. That's, that's I a need a for him. I, I need All a break. Right. My body that's just said I'm tired bar. of ragging on last Jedi. It made me puke. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, here we are, episode one seventy seven. I forget yep. even what we've talked about to this point. Uh, well, we did some hashtag stuff. We did some hashtag stuff, which I'm really, really. <laughs> Upset that I didn't hit record. I'm so mad about that. Um, yeah, me too. It, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Howie. So yeah. yeah, I thought I thought I'd start off because uh, we normally Wait, we made fun of how old Mike was. Oh, Mike <laughs> is. I was. I had to remind you to make fun of me how old. I uh, know that was the worst part. Yeah. So maybe it's good at anger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Uh, but we're You're just old. we're we had, like a, we had a hashtag when John Williams was born, uh, and normally we save this to the end, but. We, we save them to the end and then we forget them or whatever. Uh, but we had a lot of uh, responses uh, from, yeah, we did. from, uh, from one guy. Uh, <laughs> Thanks uh, Mr. Pesci. Yeah. Darth Joe Pesci. Um, he's, I think he's the official fact checker of the flycast. He is. He, he is. Podcast. <laughs> and he is uh, very engaged and we love that he's engaged. And I'm going to read off some of these cause these, some of these are great. All right. When so, John Williams was born, when John Williams was born, all the dinosaurs depicted in Jurassic Park hadn't been discovered yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Right yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, yeah. When John Williams was born, conductor batons were still only made out of wood. Fiberglass mm-hmm. wasn't invented. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, we didn't have we didn't have glass. Yeah. Uh, and we also, <laughs> uh, when John Williams was born, we didn't need Area Fifty One yet. No, well, had, wasn't there. Yeah, they had not, they had not invaded yet, right? Nope, nope they had nope. not invaded. <laughs> that was uh, a weather balloon, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when jo- well, John Williams was born, the term cosmonaut had not been coined yet. Mm, and also, right. the last one when John Williams was born, football players hadn't started using leather helmets, and that's how we know Mike is hundred and four. Yeah, older <laughs> than snot. Great. <laughs> you should have been there. When John Williams was born, 
<laughs> Mike was 50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> so I don't know how the math works for him being 50 and he's 100, uh, 104 now, but yeah. it works out. Well, like you said, once you hit the end of the dial on the uh, yeah. on the whole odometer, it just resets, right? That's so right. Yeah. Just... You're zero again. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to birth. Uh, speaking of being zero, I you know the the interesting thing is when we recorded, I didn't introduce anybody, so I get to redo that. So hey, oh. uh, Mike, Mr. Michael J. Archibald, how's how's it going? Hello, Stephen J. Howie. How are you? Uh, yeah, and I, I don't even think I introduced myself, but that's, that's my name. That's all right. Yeah. That master control. We are calling in remote tonight because uh, Corey is still puking his guts out, and I don't want to be part of that shit. And Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for you that. Won't, you don't want no part of that shit. Nope. No part. Do we? You don't even know why I'm part of this. But apparently I do because I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. Getting all well, we'll let We'll let you risk it, Howie. <laughs> We're willing to take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you are dedicated. Yes. Well, I hope people know that even though it may not seem like we're dedicated, we are dedicated. Uh, except, well. except for Corey. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, Corey's a wee bitch. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a wee bitch, across the pond and down Wait, a few, what? Mr. Garrick, oh. not Jay Hardy. Wow. Zam. That's my intro. <laughs> at least you get one. If, at least if you Corey was here, you wouldn't get one. True. I guess a bad intro is better than no intro. Oh, that's what they say. Bad press. Is, your intro was bad. Is, dude. Uh, better than no. Call me jabs. Yeah. Call me names. It's a divisive podcast. Just like the country. Get it? Get it? Get, get it? it? Get it? What country? Wait, what? <laughs> country music? Country music. <laughs> Canadian country music. Oh dear God! That That's reminds classic me. Classic rock. <laughs> <laughs> I hear. I heard. I heard the worst country song I think I've ever heard in my life. You have to narrow that down a bit. I was in Bloomington, Indiana. I was just hanging out. I went to school down there, and uh, I can't even remember where we were, but it was a country song playing in the background. I just heard ever so faintly the lyric that went as thus: "God is great, beer is good." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I've had enough of that song. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. that's some stellar yeah. writing, right yeah, there. People are crazy. What are you gonna do? You go. yep. People are crazy. Yeah, that's why baby metal. That's why I'm a fan of baby metal. Yeah, you you ain't kidding. I think the three of us <laughs> we love baby metal. You know they're gonna be at uh, what Rock no. on the Range? So what? Where? What? In Columbus. <gasps> Indiana? Oh, Columbus, Ohio, my man. Oh, Does anything that's, happen that's in Columbus, okay. Indiana? There's, a, there's an annual summer festival. Meth, and they meth are happens in Columbus, Indiana. Oh, that's true. Meth does happen there. <laughs> yeah, meth happens in Indiana. Not cool concerts. Yeah. You, are we going to go see Baby Metal? We should totally go, go see Baby Metal. I would go. I'm a little right, scared to go to a Baby Metal concert. going to be there, so I would go. All right. Yeah. And if there's any fly casual listeners out there that want to go to baby metal, Columbus, Indiana is the way you need to go. <laughs> I gotta get my, By the I way, get my Lolita goth costume together. That's right. <laughs> we are baby metal fans. Corey is not. So Corey would be uninvited. So yeah. Baby metal fans only. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't get that kid. Baby metal is the best. Yeah. 
Yeah, Google them right now if you don't know yeah, what we're talking about. Go listen about. to all their their whole catalog. It's it's all pure gold. Pure <laughs> gold. It's uh, amazeballs gold. Speaking <laughs> of amazeballs gold, we have some reviews. You went off script, Garrick. You went off script. You're supposed to re-review, re-review. Oh yeah, re-re-re, which re-review, which was great. Which led Mike into his re-review. Okay, hey, re-review, and then you say go. By the by, the way, I was at Indiana Comic Con. What? Speaking of re-reviews, Garrett, do you remember probably within the first 10 episodes of this podcast, you reviewed a a comic. (laughs) Was it a lot later than that? I think so. I don't know. Middle middle episodes. It was old. Maybe like 30. Old as dirt. Anyway. You reviewed one of our. I was proud to be when we first started reviewing the comics. Actually, it would have been right around the time they did the first. um, uh, There would have been issue seven, what, seven or eight of the new Star Wars Marvel comic line, right? Because you you did the. You reviewed the old Obi Wan comic from. It was a stand (laughs) from the original series. Yeah, yeah, the original Marvel. Right, because Obi Wan had got his own standalone in the. The new Marvel Star Wars. So anyway, I'm at Comic-Con digging through some comics and I found, <laughs> I you found that comic. found yes. it. Yes. That's awesome. Marvel Star Wars number 24, <laughs> my friend. And I bought that bad boy. That's great. That is not part of my collection. And that is a great comic. And you couldn't that be happier, is, could yes. you? It's great, but not in the normal way. No, it's great because it's so off. <laughs> it's so <laughs> So for those who don't know, these comics were were written. I mean, they started writing these comics in the 70s when this was released in 77, when the movie was released. So with the exception of the issues that were based on the movie, they pretty much gave free reign to their writers to write whatever they want. And this is the early days of Star Wars. So there was nothing to go off of. And these guys just made shit up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this Obi-Wan comic was great because, well, it starts off with Luke, Leia, and Han. They're in in a chase and Han pulls some kind of maneuver or something and uh leia says well that reminds me when my dad <laughs> yeah. told me about obi-wan and then it kicks to an obi-wan <laughs> <laughs> story yeah. and story the funny thing was is he was dressed all bl- he, this was old republic days and he was dressed he was dressed in all black like i mean it was kind of like luke in return of the jedi it was yeah Kind of like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's kind of prophetic, I guess. That was interesting. But yeah, Obi-Wan was kind of a dick. <laughs> 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 I mean, there was people that would piss him off and he was tripping this guy. And I mean, he was superior to them in every way. Cause he yeah. Was, Did uh, he actually pull that maneuver? <laughs> no. No, what? he did nothing even No, close. <laughs> he did nothing. Nothing resembling a maneuver. <laughs> it's like the writer got... High halfway through writing it and just like forgot where he started. (laughs) At the end, Leia's like, see? I'm like, what? (laughs) They're all confused. (laughs) What what just happened? (laughs) Yes. It's good stuff, man. Yes, I was. I was I was thrilled to find that comic. So actually, uh, I've been on the lookout for it forever and ever. And oh, just man. How much did you pay for it? Was it was it like a dollar or something? It was ten bucks. Man. Oh. <laughs> well, that's OG Marvel. It's worth it. Worth it every is, penny. It is. I've got a. I've got a. I don't know. I probably got thirty or forty of those. So yeah, I got them all in digital format. 
that I yeah. got off Humble Bundle a long oh, time yeah, ago. That's right. I haven't done the omnibus thing. I those are expensive. So oh, no, I, I thought about doing one, kind of but... collecting them here and there. So yeah. anything so else great you know, at uh, Comic Con? What's that? Was there anything else that was great at Comic Con? Uh, I kind of got to meet someone. What? Are you Mr. part of the club? He's on. You're part yeah. of the club. Books. <laughs> You're part of the and, uh, on Best Friends first, Club. I am, man. I am now. So I got to shake some hands. I was excited. Oh, okay. Actually, we saw we saw him at first, and and I'm my fiance's with me, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> so we go shopping around kid. a little bit, and uh, I found uh, I found a Jaina Solo. Which I already oh, I have. Know. I have a Jaina Solo Black Series six inch figure, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't thinking much of it, but oh my gosh, the guy, the <laughs> the dude that was selling it, he came up to me and he started pimping, dude. He was like, <laughs> "Know who's right over there, don't ya? <laughs> you know who can you know who sign can that for you? That figure right now and for you're like, you, okay, don't ya? Sold here, my like, money. <laughs> I'm like, well played, sir. Well played. You know who invented I, that how can I turn that down? <laughs> so I bought I bought a second Jaina Solo figure and had Timothy Zahn sign. Oh, <laughs> I mean, did you, say you just to quadrupled him? the value. So you know what? We got up there and <laughs> Emily was taking some pictures and stuff. And I just got up there and I couldn't even say. I was like, oh, uh, uh, hi, hi. hey, can you sign I, my I figure? Podcast. <laughs> I podcast. I Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> I did the same. I I pretty much did the same thing. Like I brought, yeah. I brought my uh, tape, my original like the paperback version of uh, Air yeah. to the Empire that I first read when I bought it, like nice. way back when I started reading Star Wars books. Have him sign it, and then I bought the new Thrawn novel off his booth. Oh yeah, he was right. like, oh, he did. Uh, that was I the love thing. this. <laughs> I love things. I love you. Take love. I read, I read this long time ago. Now you're, sign, you can sign, good. please. Can I get a picture with, with <laughs> yeah. the picture, you, me? I wonder if anybody shows up with like a big box of things for someone to sign. He was, I do got to say he was very kind though, man. He yeah, just, he's, he's incredibly gracious. Like yeah. when I asked him for a picture, he was like, oh yeah, no problem. Let's do this. Yeah, to everybody was there. I mean, he had a little bit of a line and, and just was real cool. And at first I was just like, cause I even told him and I'm like, I don't know, sometimes these guys expect you know, a little bit of cash to sign things or especially if you're not buying anything from him. And he wasn't that way at all, man. He was just like, Oh yeah, man, totally. And, you yeah. know, picked up the figure and signed it and, oh, yeah. and, uh, must have been his wife there with him. She was, yeah. you know, kind of chatted up wife. a little bit and, um, yeah, they were, they were real nice. I would have totally bought, I was hoping that he had, would have the Thrawn novel there and I could buy it and he could sign it, but he didn't have any. So oh, see, I went there on Friday and I walked past, some? I'm like, yeah, he did have a few left, but that was Friday. So I, I don't yeah, know. I maybe he saw, yeah, I, he must say, I saw the, I think it was the 30th anniversary edition of heir to the empire. Oh uh, man. Sitting there like hardback. I'm like, Oh yeah. Wow. But the line was there. I'm like, I really want that, but I really don't want to wait in line with my five-year-old. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, not, I didn't see any star Wars books there. So he must've. Wow. Wow. That's After really good. Yeah, I was now yeah, that was great for him. So yeah, he's yeah, cool. That was cool. I so I had my little nerd out moment. It was <laughs> it was pretty fun. So, I, I love first time like, at Indiana Comic Con, so that it was it was good. It was a good family environment too. I know sometimes oh, yeah. 
those cons can be uh, some of the cosplayers can be a little extreme, but uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was they were pretty tasteful and and most people were having fun and there's a lot of little kids there and they were all dressed up. I told my daughter I went and she was she was like, oh crap, I want to go. <laughs> so I think next year I'm gonna be taking my daughter too. She wants to dress up. And yeah, go, so. so I like kids. It's a great kid environment if you it live, live really in the is. Midwest because all all kids under I think twelve are free. Yeah, they're free, yeah. they just let them in. And uh, my daughter was taking pictures with just like random characters she recognized yeah. from YouTube yeah. or whatever, like, you know, like Mario. There was yeah. a there was a giant Pikachu guy there, and she got her, her picture taken with Pikachu. And yeah, it's great stuff. So yeah, these yeah. little cons are my favorite. I think. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A little expensive to get in, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. So comics. Yeah, I got to see some cool oh. Han Solo figures. Before the, <laughs> right. the shell, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, disgustingly overpriced Han Solo figures. <laughs> yeah, Disg- yeah. Wait till they. Yeah, don't buy them early, people. Don't yeah. early. They're, they're probably out now. As a uh, when the sale, they are they're yeah, already out on shelves. Yeah, we had the Wookie Weekend. How did you guys Wookie Weekend go? It I got awesome. everything or nothing. All the stuff. I yes. got <laughs> all the things that I ever could want ever. <laughs> Plus two more things. Very I did convincing. Slash didn't get everything I wanted. <laughs> I'll edit that later. Thanks, man. Go. That's what you're here for. <laughs> well, you know yeah. what you're here for, Garrick? Comic reviews. Yeah, especially Afra 18. Yeah, dog. Yeah, I yeah, got some Afra 18. Bring Star it. Wars IDW8 and the regular Marvel Star Wars. Number, uh, what are we on? We're on 46. 46. Yes. So with only three this week. So let's start with Afro 18. So I'm going to break this down. You guys ready for this? I'm ready for it. Here we go. Afro and the crew are nearing completion on their mission of retrieving the lost memories of their malevolent benefactor, Triple Zero, from a heavily guarded Imperial base. The good news is Afro has a ticket to get in, and that ticket is a captured Captain Harrison Dula as well as the distraction of an attacking rebel fleet that was signaled when Afra accidentally let Hera's distress signal sneak out. Afra and her eclectic crew of weirdos land on the ship and find themselves in a menagerie of frozen horrors that Tarkin pieced together Whoa. from various things, like a Wookiee with a cannon for a head or a hut with beefy robot arms. <laughs> Before Afra and her crew can escape this cage, Lieutenant Tolzine tips the Imperials off that they have rats aboard the Imperial station. And by rats, I mean Afra, a weird forearmed alien dude girl thing, a dude with a coaster for a head, and a dude that's literally made of guns. <laughs> Afra takes Hera and escapes the menagerie into the data core to start the download, but it's already too late. The commander of the station shows up on the scene, and it's none other than Captain Christopher Pike. Yes, Afra. Yes. No. Yeah. So I love Afra, man. Yeah, I love the song. So off the wall. I was really skeptical at first when she put this team together. I'm like, oh, we dropped all the people I loved, and but I've grown to really like this <laughs> this motley crew of characters, yeah, man. Or what's left of them? <laughs> yeah, what's left of them? <laughs> they are. They're all getting murdered left and right. It's pretty yeah. Fun. So the, this issue is pretty cool because we got uh, women. Oh wait, that's probably the we missed that in the recording. But uh, oh no, we, we mentioned last week that this actually ties in a little bit to Rogue One. Uh, there's a part in here where there's a, a person that has like a no head that there's like a robot part instead of a head there. It's 
really oh. you put gun, guns yeah. in that yeah. part. Yeah. Strange, yes. Apparently, she, he or she, the, this uh, uh, sentient, is giving the backstory of how this happened. And I guess, apparently, they were searching for uh, Dr. Evazan uh, because that's the person who did it. And they were on Jeddah looking around for them, and they had to leave because of some giant Imperial station showing up. So that was interesting that mm. they kind of tying the comics into the movies a little bit. Uh, I guess kind of giving More a reason. continuity Dr. with uh, the comics and the uh, cartoons yeah. and everything else. Like, yeah, so apparently Evazon was uh, cutting people's heads off and putting robot implants there instead. Yippers. Implants. So, Kind of get a little backstory on why he had the death sentence on in so many systems. In thirteen systems this time. <laughs> yeah, thirteen. <laughs> it was twelve in the movie. Yeah, that's because Jeddah blew up. That's right. <laughs> so that's <laughs> interesting there, huh? Yeah, so, yeah, good stuff. I mean, uh, I love the uh, dynamic between Afra and Hera because Hera is just like, "What the hell?" is wrong with you. This <laughs> <laughs> they did like, kind of have an interesting dynamic. It was fun. Yeah. Like just the, 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 the original cover of this comic just says everything. Cause in the cover, you have Afra uh, taking Hera by like the arm and she, Hera's in handcuffs. You see Afra just laughing and the look on Hera's face, looking at her, just is priceless. That it, cover it just is tells, awesome. It just it's tells the whole because, story. Well, the whole the whole time, Hera learns new things about her and her group. And there's this there's a couple of panels where she's she's talking to Tolvin or whatever, and and uh, she's having a conversation with Tolvin, and then Tolvin says something to her like you know, condescending or something, and and Hera looks at her and she goes, "It's lonely being you, isn't it?" It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <This> really <laughs> it's so great. Like she she brought Hera along. Uh, I guess the pretense from the previous issue was she's bringing her along as a kind of a trade off to get into this Imperial right. base, but she's only using her because she knew that she had a distress signal that would bring rebel, a rebel fleet in to rescue her. And then once they're on board, Aph was like, uh, here's, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You just leave. Who cares? <laughs> I don't need you anymore. Here's like, really? Oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just love how they, they, they not only brought in uh, Rogue One uh, storyline, but also Rebels are just kind of how this kind of weaving this continuity together in this in this yep. comic. I love it, man. There's people that care about this stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not the people making the movies. <laughs> <laughs> then they have the big sacrifice, right? So our lady guy, <laughs> sentient being with robot legs thing goes out and yeah. sacrifices himself. So at some point, all the these monstrosity experiments that the empire has put together are activated and uh she throws herself into the line of fire and so the others can escape and then her boyfriend android i don't know i just don't understand their relationship apparently yeah. he goes into beast mode well, what, what happened i think what happened there is this kind of gives you uh i guess a little bit of insight into afra's character like she's not the benevolent person that some right. people might think like at the beginning of this, she's actually reprogramming that person. And we, and under the pretense that she's fixing something wrong with the, the oh, droid I, head part. Put two and two together. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yep. So the, originally that the, 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 uh, cyborg's boyfriend, girlfriend thing is like, no, he's, he's like, I'm not fighting for you. You're dishonorable. He's all about, he's kind of like a paladin in a D and D game. Very lawful, <laughs> lawful, good. And if anybody's going to tell him what to do that has unlawful uh, intentions, he's not going to do it. 
So Afra basically like pushes a button on this uh, control console and forces that person to jump into the line of fire because she knows once she does that that the the guy will or robot they go into beast mode. Yeah, they will go into beast mode and and stop all this from happening. <laughs> I'm like, wow! And literally everything <laughs> opens up on his body. He is a complete cyborg, and it's all guns. His whole yeah, body is a gun. Yeah, he's got guns. <laughs> his kneecaps, his, his kneecaps, his elbows, his, guns. his arms, his head. <laughs> Everything's a gun. His nipples. <laughs> it's true. He was You're designed by a third grader. Uh, I'm looking at the picture when he does it. So <laughs> that panel is uh, pretty amazing. So that, that was pretty cool. It was like subtle things like that. Um, I you think is what... You know what I loved, too, is Hera, the whole time she's begging for a gun. She's like, give me a gun, give me a gun, give me a gun. And they're like, no, because, or Afra's like, no, because as soon as we give it to you, you're going to pull it on me. And then they're (laughs) in a tight situation, and she's like, fine, give her a gun. And as soon as she gives her the gun, she puts it on her. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I knew it. No, she goes, called it. Called it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh, I love the the humor. Everything is comic. Yeah. This is Oh, this is the humor I wish I got in my movies too. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, but yeah. it's not such oh, a Afra is just such a unique character. Like we don't she doesn't fit any specific archetype. Yeah, she does like, really. It's just she's her own thing and it's I love it. It's great. I do too. Yep, it's fun. This is what we begged for the whole time is these original yep. characters in the Star Wars universe and we're she's not really tied to anybody, man. She's not no. I mean, she was loosely tied to Darth Vader at one time. That's yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's how she so. got her that that was just her kickoff point and how they yep. launched her and then after that she became her own thing and and became better for it, I think. So Yeah, absolutely. Yep, still my favorite too. I'm with you, bud. Yep. Awesome. So, yeah, if you are not into comics and you would like to get into comics, start with Afro. Give it a try. You'll like yeah. it, maybe. So the cover of the next issue looks pretty interesting. Oh, I forget what that looks. What's on it? Can you describe it is to it, me? Uh, is that Triple Z in the back? Oh, yeah. It's, it's big Triple Zero face in the background. Triple Z, Triple Z is pulling the strings right now, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just Afra in the front with her hand kind of. Might be some kind of confrontation finally between her and Trip right. Z. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. Explosion. So. Yeah, she has uh, exploding uh, kitties that she throws around. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so moving on. Uh, Star Wars from IDW. Number eight come in, came out. So yeah, let me break this down. You guys ready? Yes. We're back with the Rebels crew in Hondo, and it appears oh, yeah. they must be smack dab in the middle of a really jacked up version of Jumanji. <laughs> the crew attempts to escape an insane collection of weird alien species whilst trying to catch Hondo, who has stolen the one crazy animal they came to collect. The crew dodges claws, teeth, tentacles, stormtroopers, and blaster bolts as they chase down the eccentric pirate, trying desperately to roll a five or an eight. Luckily for the crew, through Ezra's knows a little bit of a animal kinship and settles the rebel down and they escape with the bird. Then at the end, there's a story about a Jawa loving a droid and it's like super hot. (laughs) (laughs) These comics are still fun, man. Jawa and droid. Okay. My favorite part of this whole comic is Sabine trying to pull off a little tiny sucker animal that it's given its fists. 
right to it, kind of <laughs> yeah. fighter. <laughs> yeah, put him up. It's like the, like the third panel down or something. Yeah. <laughs> or page. Yeah, it's, it's just like awesome. tiny little squid monster from like Men in Black, yeah. like putting up its dukes. <laughs> like, bring it in. Give it yeah, a tenth the size of Sabine. I'll take you. I'll take you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've. I'm excited that even though the Rebel series is over, that we're still getting touch, we're still getting tastes and touches, man. So yeah, I, I like it. that. Yep, I like the the issue. I mean, um, the art, like we mentioned, it's the same artist we had uh, last time on uh, IDW seven, and I, I liked it. I'm getting used to it, and I love uh, the different takes on the Rebels characters. And yeah, it's stylized. The, it's a little different. Yeah, it's his own thing, it's, and everybody has a red nose. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all it's they all have colds you know it's just they're all drunk they're all wasted hanging around Corey too much yeah. i mean the 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 idw comics i mean the the stories are very simple but they're all very fun it's like i mentioned uh, i think i called them before like palate cleansers uh, yeah they are uh, yeah so if you're reading something very serious in the star wars universes read these and you're like oh yeah yeah that's good stuff my palate has been cleansed <laughs> yeah even and with then a little Jawa loving his little buddy. I know. I like that because uh, the artist on that, his name is uh, Otis Frampton, I believe. And he's been drawing that particular Jawa character, I think, for a long time. Oh, yeah. he, if I remember correctly, I think he's been trying to get that uh, Jawa into a comic book series, like independently somehow. And he finally put it into an IDW comic. Oh, just that's cool. Because people, I mean, he got a, he, he has kind of a, a large-ish following. Because the the Jawa is very cool looking, very stylized, and he he draws different adventures with this particular Jawa character, so it's cool to see like an actual fan who does fan art actually get their shot at doing something in the the uh, Star Wars canon. That actually, I kind of love that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. If you follow, you should follow him on Twitter because he posts different um, uh, comic little, little short comics of this uh, this Jawa character, and they're all they're all pretty funny. What's well, very cool. Otis Frampton. Otis Frampton. Yes. Sounds like a guitarist, but he's really a comic book. <laughs> comic booker, drawer person. Yeah. So check it out. Go. Uh, I'm not sure what his Twitter handle is, but you can find it. His, his, uh, his uh, icon is the, the little Jawa guy because he, he loves that character. That's pretty cool. Good story. Good guy. It's a good, good guy there. Yeah. Word. Yeah. So good stuff. Uh, so let's move on here to the last comic I have up. Star Wars 46. 46. Yeah, we're almost up to 50. Oh, by the way, it is OtisFrampton.com. That's his website. Okay, OtisFrampton.com. Yeah, check him out. Yeah, so let me break down this uh, Star Wars 46. You guys ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Leia, Han, and Luke are fresh off the rescue of the Claudite prisoner from Dex Acquisition. And Leia has another heist lined up that will require some of his unique talents. The plan is really very simple. All they have to do is break into the Mon Caladrome, give Mamoff moth diarrhea, have a Wookiee pass as a hand drying station, get the moth into the bathroom, capture him, have the Cloudite shapeshifter assume his <laughs> appearance of voice, get past all the numerous gigantic blaster cannons and security ships surrounding a water prison world, and then get past some big ass episode one fish monsters to get the under into the underwater prison. What could possibly go wrong? Sounds great I guess to me. They just need a bigger fish to come along, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this episode or this Always issue is fish. 
I do like the storyline. It's interesting. It's 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 not quite the quality of the Afro comic right now, but it's it's still keeping my interest. But my favorite panel on this is where okay, so they've taken over this fresher so they can get this this guy in and out right through the <laughs> yeah. system. So Han and Chewie are guarding it, and they're they're just telling people that oh, I'm sorry, this is you know this particular moth has sectioned off this fresher and you can't use it. But there's this lower level officer that's coming up and she's basically saying you better let me use this or you're gonna be in trouble and there's this panel where basically han and chewie are standing there and uh for some reason now we're calling women officer sir in the star wars universe but he's he's like sir welcome to the lux refresher services and he's got this he's got this like he's a bathroom attendant <laughs> he's got this little vest on he's got this look on his face <laughs> and uh, they're trying to play it off, and she's like, "What's with the Wookie?" And he's like, "Oh, it's just the it's the newest fad. When you wash your hands, you dry them off on the Wookie. It's very fashionable. <laughs> it's really fashionable." <laughs> she's looking at him like he's nuts, but then she doesn't. She's like, "He was like, that's quite the experience, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> it was uh yeah that's so great and then he holds his hand out for a tip yeah. and she gives it to him that's right he gets a tip. He pl- she plops a few credits into his hand he's like what it's profit like, yeah he's told to he's like i'll split it with the house <laughs> yes when he holds his hand out for the tip that was classic <laughs> yeah, he, does, like, he does the whole um <laughs> 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 that's it. I mean, just that's the look on his face is so great because he's just in character mode right there. <laughs> he's just got this dimwit look on his face. It's awesome. This is classic console, just like taking, like using this this scheme, but taking it maybe a little too far. <laughs> just itching the line a little bit, asking for a tip, but for, it, it works. <laughs> If you didn't ask for a t- tip, she might, uh, you know, think. Yeah, up. you know, she's like, oh, you're yeah. in that situation. You're wanting to shoot the person along. So for him to hold out his hand and ask for a tip, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was a beautiful touch. <laughs> yeah. As soon as she walks out, she gets pissed. <laughs> it's like, why not split it with you? So <laughs> Like I can imagine, like Chewie's like taking every like will all the willpower in his body not to rip this lady's <laughs> arms off. <laughs> trying to rain on him. Oh my gosh, dude! Seriously, why? Where did we they need come to up send, with this? We need to send this issue to Ryan Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> learn how to write humor based on the comics. Uh, yes, yeah, so I this thought that I like this arc. I think. You know, before I was kind of him and hawing about how they can't really do anything with these old characters. But yeah, I think like little things like this just makes it worth reading. Okay. Uh, by the way, I have to point this out before we move on. But the the refresher door, you know how usually in, in our world you have the male female sign. Well, on this one <laughs> <laughs> to know that you're going into the fresher, apparently it's a stick man sitting down. <laughs> on a dot? On a fresher of some sort. Yeah, because yeah. I guess it's I guess it's like unisex because the yes. yeah yeah both yeah. the man and the woman used it but yes I just love how it's a and and looks like the 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 elbows are on the knees and 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 the fist is on the on the head I do want to know what that dot's contemplating for. a dump yes the dot looks like a you know a dump if it you is. will it's a it's a little dookie yep a little dookie dot 
The Dookie Dot. Dookie Dot. Yeah. So I like I like the Claudite uh, character as well because it's just I guess yeah, his famous yeah. this famous shapeshifter that's uh, known <laughs> throughout this quadrant or whatever. And they just they're like, oh, he's like, why would I want to do it for you? It's like, oh, you'll be famous. Everyone yeah. will be talking about. He's how like, you I'm were... already famous, but yeah. I could be more famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh, yeah. the Claudite was pretty fun. And I loved the fact that he's an actor, too, and that at one point he had done away with the, the main character in a play and, was, <laughs> and nobody caught him for like three weeks. And yeah, he's impersonating the, the main <laughs> character. Uh, yeah, see, this, this stuff like this is just oh, so good. It I is, mean, man. The it comics are definitely the bright, my bright point of the, the Star Wars. Amen, brother. Preach. coming out. Yeah. So Preach. check those out. Check, check them out. Check it out. Well, that's all I got for comics. What guys? Yeah. Well, what are we gonna do? That would mean that we have a the Porkins boy. Did he show I, up? I know. Uh, second week in a row he has not shown oh. up. I don't Dude. see Tarkin. All um, right, you're gonna have to. Or he must uh, be paying that guy. I know. I I could, I, I I forgot, but uh, I'll, I'll play, the play music and maybe one of them will show up. Yep. <laughs> Hello, Grand Moff talking here. Oh, ooh, yeah, did you know Obi Wan was not always the one to be the good and prudent rule follower? In fact, in World War II, Alec Guinness was tasked with commanding a landing craft in the invasion of Sicily, but no one bothered to tell him the invasion was postponed for an hour. So <laughs> Obi Wan took all his dudes over to the island and landed, and then looked around and realized no one else was there. So he may have single-handedly kicked off the invasion of Sicily himself. It makes one ask, who is the more fool, the foolish or the fool who follows him? Oh. You may fire when ready. <laughs> oh, nice. yeah. I did not know that. Good stuff. Is that is that where Obi-Wan got that? Sure. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> Tarkin's dead. You can't ask him now. No. Nope. Yeah, good stuff. Alec Guinness. Good World stuff. War II hero. Not many people know that. Yep. I did not know that. I didn't know he was fought in the war. No. I should have known. But yeah, I he didn't. was on. He fought over that bridge. Over Man. that river. Baseballs. The bridge over Where's the river. That a, he, did that, he did that thing with the guy in the place. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the guy in the thing in the place, uh, <laughs> we have uh, rumors. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we do. All right. So this song is the only song that does not have lyrics, Garrett. We don't sing, but yeah, it does. Song. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Oh, oh. Those are those are utterances of pure pleasure. By <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, boys and rumors this week, they're back. What? Rumors Finn are back. Sweet baby Tamagotchis? Ray, baby. Tamagotchis Finn are back, guys. Sweet baby Ray are together again. What? Huh? <laughs> Inverse is reporting this week that uh, John Boyega was got a got a frantic text from uh, from his good buddy 
Daisy Ridley and she was all giddy and excited because she said, I've talked to JJ and he says that we're going to be having our scenes together. We're back together, baby. We're putting the band back. Yay. So, uh, <laughs> I guess he was pretty excited to find out that he was working with Ray again. I, I, apparently she's, he says he has not read a script yet, uh, but oh, apparently I hope he's still in it. Whether or not she's read a script, I don't know, but uh, at least she has got some inside information from JJ, it seems. But uh, I don't know. I, I I thought that was cool that, oh, they're excited about, you know, having some scenes together again and whatnot. And then, of course, the skeptic in me starts <laughs> kicking in and I'm like, oh, so I get that. It starts making me question in my mind. I'm like, OK, so I you know, Finn and Rose now, I guess not so much. What does, what does JJ do with, <laughs> with the character of Rose? Right there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be love triangle. It just well, makes me wonder if she's even going to be in the film. Finn, uh, Finn was pretty pissed off at Rose. So yeah, so he leaves her. So he leaves her. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, she didn't let him uh, sacrifice himself. So he's like, F you bitch. But he like dragged her all the way back to the Falcon and was like nursing her back to health. That's true. Uh, well, you know what? Just because Ray and Finn are back together doesn't mean that's just they're just friends. Uh, but Friend this, zone. This is all the stuff I'm talking about, though. This is all the undoing of what JJ done originally, and uh, by adding characters that we really didn't need to add. I mean, even John, Ryan Johnson admitted that when um, that like the whole Canto Bite series and everything else that was originally written as Finn and Poe. That was their adventure together running off and that would have been hilarious I, that's i guess what i thought but i don't know why but at some point he just figured that oh no i need to create my own character and so we're gonna make we're gonna make bros and uh so they that's what they did they should have poe and snap go out there that would have been great poe and, po and snap wexley go to canto bite <laughs> hang out you would have really made a fan and snap got <laughs> trampled <laughs> Snap gets trampled. Yeah. Nice. Like best friends, man. That would be hilarious. Like best friend party. <laughs> they are they're, uh, pretty close. So this story and then this kind of take on my take on things kind of leads us into the next story where uh, the Nerdist is reporting this week. Nerdist. That, uh, Simon Pegg was recently heard in an interview. I think believe he was on the radio somewhere or on a podcast. And uh, he was talking about J.J. and Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Ep9. And it just kind of came out of his mouth. And just for those who don't know, I guess uh, Simon and J.J. are, I mean, they're pretty chumly together. They're good <laughs> buds. They're very chummy. Yeah, and, uh, apparently... Um, according to Peg, anyway, um, JJ originally had a different course path in terms of familial lineage for Ray, for the character of Ray, than what came out <laughs> in uh, The Last Jedi. A relevant lineage. Those, again, this is a spoiler cast. So if you haven't seen The Last Jedi yet, maybe you want to go watch it before you listen to this. But, uh, but uh, the parent uh, lineage. Is revealed in Last Jedi that Ray is just the offspring of some paupers who sold her for booze money on Jakku, and she really has no significant lineage. Which, of course, right away, a lot of us were pointing to the fact that, well, you know, maybe he was, you know, just lying to her, that type of thing. Well, um, Simon Pegg is kind of giving some credence to that line of thinking that maybe perhaps. 
Um, and I don't think he was necessarily saying that um, we're going to go down this way, but he was saying that JJ had a different intent for the, the character of Ray when he wrote her. Hmm. That uh, some now, of course, are theorizing that uh, there might be a reversal, which is leading me into this, you know, going back into this whole pissing match thing. And we've kind of touched on this discussion before, but I guess I want to get some of you guys' thoughts on this because, um, you know, at some point we've I've at least have expressed my displeasure in the lack of continuity between Force Awakens and Last Jedi. It really felt like Last Jedi undid almost everything that J.J. had done and set up in the last, uh, in the force awakens. And that, I mean, that kind of honked me off because I'm like, okay, that proves that there's really no unified vision. These guys are just making their own movies and want to make their own mark. And, uh, so now, but the, you know, now we're talking up nine and, you know, now we have to ask ourselves, okay, what's JJ going to do, you know, and what's the best course of action because we've got two disjointed movies now. Um, you know, what's the best path forward? And there's already people putting thoughts out there that, well, like Simon Pegg that, oh, well, we'll just retcon it back to, you know, the way we were going to do it, you know, but then there's this whole other faction now that's saying, oh, retconning, it would be the most ridiculous decision. <laughs> you can't undo with the genius of the last Jedi and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wow. I've so, never heard that voice come out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's got me going. So I, I, I'm honestly, I'm confused because I don't know what my preference is because I understand that argument that it's like, okay, well, we've, set our path and and this is the path that you know ryan has set us down you know so does you know jj follow that path and and write a conclusion or does he make his movie in quotey fingers you know and set it back to what he wants um you know i i I think this is an inenviable position to be in i just i I wouldn't want to be in jj's position i I still i think there could be ways that this could be done well i mean what if what if to I hope, I what, what if uh, uh, Kylo's from Kylo's perspective, her parents were nobodies, but what if they actually had some significance and it wasn't necessarily their, their parents weren't nece- her parents weren't necessarily somebody that was known, but they were related to someone down the line that was actually, you know, a powerful Jedi or something. I don't know, but you know, could we go See, down but that's, that I mean, But that's antithetical to what, I mean, what Ryan Johnson said. Ryan Johnson's whole theme was that you don't have to be of a certain Jedi lineage and Skywalkers are stupid and you can just <laughs> be a poor kid who, you know, shovels horse shit and you can have the force. And, you know, so that, I mean, that whole plays in, you know, her having pauper parents plays into that whole theme. So, I mean, if he pulls away from that, then that's, you know, that's a big but thematic reversal maybe not everybody in that lineage lineage gets gets the use of the force and maybe someone in your lineage had the force and now you can have it too yeah i, I don't know i don't even know what to expect i, I don't even know how too. to how you take it again i don't, wouldn't want to be jj in this situation because i don't i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't well, know how to even do this yeah you're in a situation where you're not going to please everybody you got to know that so you got to try to write the best story that you can yeah which JJ's not known to do that. <laughs> Maybe we'll have somebody else write it. Yeah, like, yeah, George does, Lucas, was, he can write his it. writer. He does have a writer, and I can't yeah, remember the what, Bats vs. Yeah, Soup guy. Yeah, oh, Bats I forgot about guy. that. Oh. <laughs> no, your parents' name was Martha. <laughs> That's going Ray, to be her parent, Ray. your mom's name. Ray, your parents' oh, name was Martha. And then all of a sudden, Batman shows up, and Superman shows up, and says, "Yeah, bro." 
high five Martha club. Yeah. And they go <laughs> off and they try to kill Kylo. Yeah. I bet Superman could kill Kylo. I don't know about Batman. Maybe. I think Batman could. He'll just give him the stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably sit there. A was a, have, have you seen the fanfic movie of, of uh, Batman versus Vader? No, <laughs> you can YouTube not. this. It's actually pretty well made, but it is it is a fan film. And uh, essentially the, the plot is that uh, Darth Vader has captured Superman and uh, is keeping him on the Death Star. And uh, Batman <laughs> is coming to rescue Superman. And so Wait, it sets up this whole the dark hyper crystals the kryptonite. Dark is that what they are? <laughs> hyper crystals are kryptonite. They call them different things. They start with K. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give away the ending. Yeah, Batman does not survive the competition <laughs> with Vader. <laughs> I would not think he would. No, he holds his own though. That's good. Yeah, That's seriously, you guys, you guys have to YouTube that man. It's hilarious. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> it's check very out. well made. Does he say I'm Batman? <laughs> he I'm does Batman. not. Not that I remember, but uh, it's funny because uh, the whole time Vader keeps referring to Superman as the Kryptonian. <laughs> <laughs> How would he know? <laughs> so Krypton is a part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, right. It's part of the universe, Canon. Yep. Print. First. Print. Print. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Anyway, so the pissing match is, com- is commencing and uh, I don't know. This opens, I guess this opens up all those discussions. And I, I think we're going to be discussing this, what JJ is going to be doing, you know, from now till F9 comes out. For the and, next uh, year and a half plus. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not looking forward to this, man, because it's just. You know, is it going to be again? JJ works with what Ryan Johnson set up, even though Ryan Johnson didn't work with what JJ set up, or does he just, you know, pull 180 and and you know, F9 is more of a sequel to F8 or F7? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, the only way that I I think I can go into it and get any kind of satisfaction out of it is just you know, try to put all that aside and out of my mind and and try to enjoy the story for what, how it's told. Yeah. And hopefully it's a good story. If I, if I had to guess, and this is purely a guess, my guess is that JJ had some kind of overarching story in his mind and he's going to try to get back to that as much as he can. Yeah. I mean, because it's, again, it's his story. It's his movie. He's got to do what's in his heart, I guess. But again, it's just a shame to me that this saga you know, has shaped up to be something where, you know, I really feel like that someone like Kathleen Kennedy or another creative mind, you know, should have been at the helm of, of producing these movies and keeping that continuity. And it just didn't happen. And I feel like these directors now and, um, you know, in enviable positions, you know, to try to, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's it's like, have you ever sat in those, uh, you know, circles with friends where you start a story and then you pass it to the next guy and then the next guy and it just goes <laughs> yeah. in wild directions. And that's essentially what we've got here. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, this is, this is, I look at this and it's kind of like, this is where people talking about the movie, the who people who are involved in the movie or help create it. This is how they're ruining it, because if if they just leave well enough alone, then you know you can take some liberties in certain areas and be like, yeah, that's kind of how we wanted it to go the, the whole time, and then 
you know, there wouldn't be this whole pissing match. But, you know, when you have like Simon Pegg saying what he said, then it's like, well, okay, there obviously was a disagreement there on how the direction it should go. And so if he swings it back the other way, then it's just JJ saying, screw you to what you're trying to do. Wow. Right. Right. And exactly. And it's just, it's sad to me that, that it's come to this, man. These movies are so, you know, and this franchise is so beloved by so many people and, you know, it resorting to just that kind of, um, I don't know. It's a mockery in my opinion of, of the whole, the whole thing, you know? So uh, it's just, I don't know. It saddens me that it's come to this, but that's where we're at. I, I don't know. I guess all we can do is sit back and watch, but yeah, hopefully they can piece it back together in a satisfactory (laughs) way. I'm still looking for a satisfying conclusion. Seriously. I I want to be super excited for the conclusion, but I'm not, (laughs) I'm just like, God, I hope they can at least do something. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, we know how it's going to end, right? Either, you know, Ray's going to confront Kylo and either going to turn him or kill him. I mean, I don't know which one I would prefer more, but uh, I don't know what they're going to do in between there. (laughs) What are they going to, I mean, what do they have left to do besides that? I mean, that's the problem is I don't feel like the, the end is obvious. I almost say obvious. That's the wrong word, but like with, it is pretty open. I I don't know what they're going to do. It's like, I, I have no idea what direction this could even go. Whereas like after empire, you're like, okay, there's a clear, path of how you know here's the bad guys here's the good guys and they got to beat the bad guys yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if you can do a twist on this though i mean maybe it is just as simple as you know it's a redemption story and ray redeems kylo Mm -hmm. and everybody lives happily ever after i don't know or maybe maybe you make it a little more spicy and ray sacrifices herself i don't know but it just ray finds out that kylo is actually her dad (gasps) gross i don't know i just have this this picture in my mind of <laughs> a bunch of broom boys showing up at the end of the movie to save everybody <laughs> yeah i wonder how much uh, time will lapse between like eight and nine yeah hopefully more time than between seven and eight <laughs> more than five minutes <laughs> yeah, more than five minutes yes. well now that we know that there's Which actually apparently was long enough to have a, a funeral yeah. but yes we know the time travel now oh that's true so they might they introduce could've... that into the main saga and like go back and oh wait they're not sophisticated enough to do that <laughs> ray's gonna go to lothal and pull up the jedi yeah temple there you go jump into the world between worlds yep and realize she's really jana solo she's her own mother yeah she's her own mother she goes back too far and gives birth to herself my own mother (laughs) wow i like that let's let's go with that that really screws somebody up (laughs) oh yeah speaking about screwing up do have some uh some more rumors We have some behind the scenes from the Han Solo film. Yeah, where's all that stuff on the Han Solo film? Yeah, yeah. Yo. Well, where's all the leaks? <laughs> the leaks, I think, are pretty much. Uh, we're not going to get any more. I think the, the movie <laughs> yeah. is gonna is going to be here in, in a couple of short weeks, and uh, we're not going to get much more that way. But uh, there was a, um, an article that came out on MovieWed.com. 
a couple weeks ago and I wanted to touch on it. Uh, supposedly, this is someone that worked on Han Solo and this person spoke under the auspices that they don't want their name revealed. And uh, so it's, I guess, take it for what it's worth. It's somebody claiming that they have firsthand knowledge of how things happened on the set. Um, and uh, just as a reminder, there was a lot of turmoil on the set of Han Solo. Uh, if you remember, uh, Lord Miller <laughs> was first brought in uh, to direct this movie. Uh, things went a little haywire by all accounts. Uh, Lord Miller was, um, uh, I don't know. They, they apparently they were they would do one or two takes of the way it was done on the script. And then it was a bunch of, <laughs> I don't know, horseplay and. And a uh, hundred million takes of everybody improvising and smoking just not weed. Organize that, yeah, not and that type of thing, which led uh, to some confrontations between uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who was writing this film, and uh, Lord Miller. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy came in and uh, put the gauntlet down, let Lord Miller go, and that's famously when uh, Mr. Ron Howard was brought in to do the cleanup. Ronnie Howard, and uh, by all accounts, he came in and has uh, redone uh, much of the movie. So anyway, with, with that background now, here's uh, some of the information that this person is claiming uh, on uh, the hot behind the scenes at the Han Solo film. So uh, the first quote here from this person says, uh, <clears throat> Phil and Chris are good directors, but they weren't prepared for star Wars after the 25th take. The actors are looking at each other like this is getting weird. Uh, Lord Miller seemed a bit out of control. They definitely felt the pressure with one of these movies. There are so many people on top of you all the time. The first assistant director was really experienced and had to step in and help them direct a lot of scenes. So wow. by this account, it really makes us sound like that. Yes, they're good guys. They're good directors. But a movie of this magnitude was just way over their head. And they just they just didn't have the. Uh, wherewithal to keep things together, keep them moving in the right direction. They just didn't, you know, it was just too big of a production for them. This would have come out in December if they let them continue with it. Like (laughs) 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, they were let go. And then uh, this person is quoted as also saying once Howard was brought in, uh, when Howard came on, he took control and you could feel it. Uh, He got respect immediately. He's really confident, uh, real easy guy to work with. Um, He goes on to say, he or she goes on to say, it's exactly the same script. They're filming exactly the same things. There's nothing new. Um, They use all the old sets. Uh, but Ron just used parts from those sets. I guess they're not shooting the wide angle stuff, uh, probably to save money. So it sounds like uh, the resuits were really kind of the more intimate scenes where you had the close ups and the dialogue. Um, they kept the more wide range, wide angle type shots, uh, which makes sense to me. I'm fine uh, with that. If yeah. If you're on a wide angle type thing, then you can, you know, overdub dialogue and whatnot. And it doesn't matter as much. So um, I guess that's what I would have expected. I guess going in um, or with, you know, with Ron Howard taking over. So uh, it goes on. He uh, comments also on uh, Aaron Reich's uh, acting. There was some rumors that uh, he was having some trouble on set. And uh, he's quoted as saying he or she uh, trying to mimic Harrison Ford is really tough. Lucasfilm wanted something very specific, uh, copying someone else. Alden's not a bad actor, just not good enough. You can see uh, his acting became more relaxed and became more Harrison-like. 
uh, when the coach came in and basically helped. So uh, it's good to hear that. Uh, yeah, he had some coaching and probably helped that they refilmed those scenes with uh, Ron Howard too. gave more time to kind of develop it. And uh, I believe that's when um, he had a discussion too with uh, Harrison Ford and uh, the accounts that we're hearing. Of course, we don't know what the specific content of the conversation was, but a lot of people believe it was more along the lines of don't imitate me, just act, go out there and just, you know, say the lines and, and do it. And uh, don't worry too much about uh, spoofing me, which um, kind of goes a little bit against what this person is saying, because there's, he's saying that uh, he or she is saying that Lucasfilm wanted something very specific. So um, I don't know. We've seen uh, Alden in a couple of these trailers now. And uh, I don't know. A couple of people have commented. I, I don't have a problem with him. I thought he sounded fine. Uh, nothing crazy you know, that I saw that stood out, but I did notice, thankfully, in my opinion, that he's not trying to act like Harrison Ford. I thought he was just delivering the lines and, and kind of, I don't know, working, maybe hopefully he's just working more on his presentation, more of his mm-hmm. you know, air as opposed swagger. to copying a voice. Yeah. The swagger. Right. Exactly. Um, goes on to talk a little bit about uh, the firing. Uh, it says it was crazy. They fired our bosses. Everyone was texting each other. Did you see the news? Do you think they're doing research uh, reshoots? It was messy and it was crazy how everything got leaked to the press. So uh, very interesting article. If you're interested in reading this again, this is all, you know, this is an unnamed source. So take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes those turn out to be uh, bogus, but uh, I don't know. It mm. seems like credible, credible information. And, yeah, uh, I think it's what we kind of thought uh, when we, were, we heard yeah, they got Yeah, fired. pretty much, pretty much. So um, I, there were some more specifics in there about, you know, the reshoots and what they focused on that I thought was interesting. But uh, if you want to check it out, go on to uh, betterkind.com, click on the show notes for episode 177, and check out this article for yourself. So any thoughts on Solo before it comes out here in a few weeks? Can't wait. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I think uh, I told you guys I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I can't to wait to see from, what... Uh, what Ron Howard put together because I love all his well a lot of his films and I am too yeah. especially if he did as much reshooting as it sounds like he did because then that makes me feel like he was more in control and and if this person's account is you know accurate that you know that you could they could feel that on set I mean he was in there he's been he's been on these big productions before he knew how to handle it and I hope he brought Tom Hanks in at some point <laughs> <laughs> work well together. How about that? So, but uh, speaking of the Han Solo movie, or, or Holly, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, to, it, did you have anything to add or anything? About oh the, no, the, I'm good. Okay. Thank you. Good. All right, <laughs> we're all good here. Thank all right. All right. <laughs> well, speaking about the Han Solo movie, uh, Denny's. <laughs> Wait, this is breaking news. What? Denny's. Denny's and Han Solo. Yeah. How does that Denny's fit? Presents oh. Han. Oh, I think you know Solo. <laughs> So uh, Yak Face Forms uh, reporting this week that uh, yeah, Denny's has a new promotion going on, guys. Yeah, they if do. If you want to get in on this, you need to get over to your local Denny's and uh, check it out. Tops Trading Cards being sold in, it sounds like, two packs uh, at uh, <laughs> at your local Denny's. A buck fifty and, uh, a card. They have all, <laughs> they have, uh, all the, the main new characters in the movie. And uh, these are some pretty sharp-looking cards, yes, actually. Yes, they are. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, some uh, great, <laughs> great figures here, and uh, 
Um, Some fantastic names. Yes. The one that's standing out that is getting the most press right now is uh, a character <laughs> called Therm Scissor Punch. who <laughs> is essentially a lobster with clothes on. <laughs> that's the scissors. Yeah. And it's it hard. is hilarious. Some people... <laughs> expressing their displeasure on such a dumb name but i mean dude this takes me back to the hammerhead yeah absolutely you know hammerhead and wolfman and all that stuff from the old you know yak face (laughs) yak face man exactly so yes these are some sharp looking characters though man i mean uh the the rage trooper is still my favorite the cop on dude they're spot on the mud trooper looks really cool yeah um Argus, six eyes, Pandix. The cool uh, thing about these, um, the cool thing about these cards too, uh, for those who are collectors, is that uh, on the back they make a puzzle piece, and and you can put all twelve, all twelve of them together, make up two separate pictures. So yeah, if you turn around, you can piece together a picture of the the Millennium Falcon, the new design or old design, I guess the new old <laughs> yeah, that's true. look at the new old. And then, uh, there, if you, the other half of the collection will put together a, uh, uh a tie fighter. So, um, these, these are, cool. these they're, are they're cool very, like cards, dude. And you can have them delivered. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I tried Maybe. to have them delivered and then not confirm that. Yeah, yeah, All right. Let me, let me ask you guys this. Cause I, I'm excited about, I, I like the physical like, when I was a kid, and I collect baseball cards and all that stuff. The the new really? trend here within the last ten years has been these digital collections that you can have on your phone. Mm. I'm not sure I understand fully the concept of that. <laughs> but uh, have you guys gotten it? Mike, you know, you're cutting in and those out. cards. What's that? You're oh, cutting in and out. Okay. Is it still bad? No, you're well. You're good now. What was the question? All right. I'm trying to make sure that my wire here here is not scrambling about but sorry about that um anyway i was asking um myself i like the physical cards i can hold in my hand because it takes me back to when i was a kid and i collected baseball cards that type of stuff and my question to you you guys i mean have either of you touched into the digital collecting that Mm -hmm. kids are doing supposedly now Uh, i I have the app nowadays yeah i I got the app the star wars app that or the tops star wars trading card app on my phone and i like just wanted to see what it was all about. And it just was not, there's something about picking up a pack of cards and like, Oh, yeah. what did I get? And mm-hmm. actually holding them in your hands and you're like, Oh, I got this one's really cool. And putting it like in a sleeve or in a, yeah. you know, binder or whatever. And yeah, there's something I mean, that's, I mean, that's about yeah, that. the, the, it's tangible. It's something you touch and feel and hold in your hand. And yeah, a digital collection just doesn't seem, I'll tell you what, dude, even with my music and my movies, I mean, we talked about this, I think, a few weeks ago when The Last Jedi came out. I mean, I'm not the kind, I wasn't the one that jumped on the bandwagon and got just the digital download. I had to go out, I have to get a Blu ray copy so that I can have a physical representation of what I owned. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, luckily nowadays you can get the digital you know, version when you, when you buy that. But yeah, I mean, I'm the same with my music, man, not all my music, but the, the artists that I love, you know, the most that I'm most attached to, I still go out and buy their albums so I can have that. I can hold it in my hand and, you know, and a lot of times when you do that nowadays, thankfully they're, you know, give you bonus, you know, tracks or features or whatever. So, um, so there's, you know, sometimes an added bonus to being able to yeah. do that. But well, and, and I never about collectibles. It, 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 there's something 
having a physical card or whatever the collectible is, you know that they only made a finite amount of this. Yes. Right. They can't just exactly. digital, digitally make up a bunch more for everybody to have. I know. Whenever, yeah. I, whenever I heard that it's concept. It's got a quantity to it. Right. Right. Exactly. You're right. A finite amount. There's only so many made. If it's a digital copy, it can be replicated a billion times. Yeah. So. <laughs> doesn't make me feel special. No, it doesn't. Special. <laughs> and we so, always yeah, want to make Eric feel special. are pretty cool. Yep. That should be your goal. Yep. You know, it's funny because they've always done, I think they've always done these cards through tops. And it's just funny that mm-hmm. they're doing it in, in conjunction with Denny's. Yeah, <laughs> they have a whole like uh, solo Star Wars movie uh, themed menu as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. Like the light speed slam, like Denny's. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some of our foreign listeners don't know what Denny's is. I don't know how far reaching they are, but it's basically like a breakfast slash lunch diner 24 hours yeah it's like an ihop i don't know how i guess that's international yeah it is international so we don't have to explain that at all yeah so you know ihop it's it's basically a a worse version of ihop yeah i have a feeling for a slant (laughs) i have a feeling denny's as soon as disney bought out uh star wars denny's has been trying their hardest to get some kind of exclusive star wars things to Help uh, revitalize their uh, brand. <laughs> they need to because I ate it at Denny's well, last week. It took week them this long, eggs. and yeah, they're <laughs> like, okay, were, like, eating snot. <laughs> we'll give you some top. We'll give you some top cards. There you go. Yeah, but you have to pay for them. They're three dollars a pack, and you get two. <laughs> they may be repeats. Now. You don't know. And then they have Denny's. I think that's the thing that ruins the card. Not ruins the cards. It makes them a little less special. Is that have Denny's at the bottom of each card? Well. <laughs> Here's the thing, Garrick, even though you're paying that kind of money for these, the, the proceeds from these sales do go to a charity called No Kid No Kid Hungry. So I guess you are helping. That is <laughs> in, true. In some small way. I so guess I can help starving complain. kids. Yeah. Starving kids are just worth don't helping. don't feed them Denny's. They'll <laughs> yeah. puke their guts out. Well, yeah, why, yeah. why doesn't Denny's just feed the starving even kids? Star- yeah, even starving kids deserve better than snot. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man so anyway that's all i had for rumors my friend yeah well that was a bunch of snot <laughs> and Hey-o. and you know where you can get some more snot you can get on uh, twitter and go to uh fly casual 1138 yeah and mm-hmm. you can follow Correct. us there you can follow us on uh facebook at facebook.com slash uh fly casual podcast Fly Casual Podcast, right? That's it. Yep. Yeah. Man, I not got the that French right. one. Either. Don't go to the French one. Yeah. So if you see a French, <laughs> Le Fly Casual, you podcast. tell them no. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't listened to them. Even if I did, I wouldn't know if they're any good or not. Um, no, my maybe. friend. I like my Fly Casual served with a side of jelly. Oh wait. Wait. Do I hit a button? Oh no! Was that wrong? I, yeah, I, okay. I, Mike, Mike never gets to do it. Just let him let him get this one. <laughs> let him have a win. Okay, but, uh, I was, uh, Mike, parting words. Garrick, parting words. Uh, uh, Denny's is yeah. looking, looking forward to solo. Over my hammy. Yeah, I want, okay. I want uh, solo now. Okay, end this, Mike, right now. Uh, jelly. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Good enough for government work, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you a, a coach for next time. That'll get you your pension and four hundred one k. I bet Corey's insides are a bunch of jelly. (laughs) He barfs a lot.